everybody welcome back to another episode of mondays down south um after the week off hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the special little uh little episode last week uh just sinai this week um how we doing big dog doing well man i think our uh chief video editor deserved a well-deserved break there after the work he put in last week especially recording us playing uh football in the backyard hopefully people enjoyed that they had me cracking up i was showing my family for anyone that's listening, I show my parents and my cousin Shreya, who shout out to her. She's a every week listener of our podcast. Um, and they were cracking up. They're like, look at this amazing like drone footage. Like they couldn't believe it was one of us that filmed the drone footage. And then it cuts straight to the, the four of us playing football. And I'd like to I'd like to state that we may have thrown some better passes and made some better catches than some of the uh, play we saw that weekend. So shout out to us for that. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, I was rolling because obviously the plan wasn't to have like half of that video be just us like, you know, messing around, like tossing the football yep. around, but we didn't end up taking much content otherwise. So and I also like how we included like half of those passes were incomplete and like, you know, like little <laughs> like two on two, like <laughs> one on one matchups. Um, so, but uh, I love yeah. it. But, that's okay. what that's what makes us unique, I guess. So we'll take it. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it adds some uh, adds some views. But uh, yeah, I guess we just wrapped up. What are we week seven in the yeah, books just, now? We got one game going on right now, and then we're done. Sweet. Yeah. Um, starting to see some uh, trends emerge, and some uh, you know maybe a playoff picture coming into focus. A lot right. to talk about. But uh, I guess today we we are doing um, a topic about. Um, Basically, teams that, you know, their performance to date isn't reflective of, like, who they truly are. So teams that have, I guess, kind of out or players that have kind of, like, yep. outperformed um, what we think they actually are. You know, yep. you could use the word fraudulent, if you like, <laughs> um, um, or however you want to phrase it. But that's going to be the topic for today. We'll also we'll go through a couple and then do recaps and picks and, and hopefully keep it a nice tight episode. So um, like you want to start us off? You got one of mine? I think actually I'm going to let you because I feel like you got a couple of hot ones. So I'd rather you lead this segment and then have me uh, come in with a little backup because I get the feeling uh, given some of your more recent takes, we're going to hear some good stuff out of you. So I'll let you start. Yeah, let's come out of the gate hot. I, I do have, I did cheat a little bit. I have some college football takes I wanted to sneak like in. It. So I'll seek them into this, this episode, but um, I'll start out hot with an NFL one. Um, I'm going to go to the Miami Dolphins here, which might be a surprise to some people, Ooh. but so the one thing I didn't realize watching that Eagles game last night, um, and I'm basing this off of everyone kind of going into that game, thought that the Dolphins were like, you know, best team in the NFL, like some kind of juggernaut, as a lot of people thought. They had not beaten a good team this year. If you went to the NFL standings on the whole league and took the yep. bottom seven teams in the league, five of those seven are the Dolphins' wins. And then their only sure. other game was against the Bills, 
and they got absolutely mauled. Um, and the Bills don't even look good right now. I mean, they're coming off a loss to the Patriots and almost basically should have lost to the Giants the week before. Um, so the, the Dolphins have just been beating up on the bad teams, um, which, you know, obviously if they played better last night, you know, they're playing their second good team against the Eagles, the team that, you know, Many people going in weren't too high on, um, you know, how they've looked this year, um, and they lose by two touchdowns. So I still believe in the Dolphins, but the defense isn't very good. Although they did, they did make some big plays last night, and the offensive line is horrible. Um, and, you know, the offense can only do so much. So I, I'm going to say the, the Dolphins are maybe a little fraudulent right now. Okay. Right, well, I won't use the, fraudulent, the word fraudulent for my take. I'll use the word, I don't know how to put it. Like, I think they keep increasing expectations one week and then the next week doing the complete opposite. And uh, I want to give a shout out to our high school football homie, Mr. Jonathan Allen for repping us great, but I don't want to do you like this, Evan, but I got to talk about your, your commanders mainly just because they're very confusing to me. Right. And, and the problem I have with it is sometimes you see that talent and you see them make these amazing plays and, and, you know, put up a lot of points against good teams one week, right? And you got this amazing D-line. You got weapons across the board on the offense. And then the next week, after putting up a great performance against a good team, for example, the Eagles, they come out the next week, and they get absolutely stomped by a team you should expect to win. And I can totally understand the frustration of the players. I can see why John was uh, frustrated the way that he was. I get it because I know they play hard. I know they got immense talent. But the one thing I do want to point to is, the inconsistencies is it makes no sense, right? Like I, I can't, and I don't even know who to put it on because I can't necessarily blame Howell because one week he's good and one week he struggles. I can't blame the defense because one week they're good, one week they struggle. Maybe your secondary, maybe your offensive line, but if I'm going to put most of it on someone and maybe this is unfair because I think we've talked about Ron Rivera enough. So if I'm looking past him, I still don't know if I trust Eric Bianami until I, until I see some consistency because again, one week he's great, one week he struggles. So, this is more like the Miami, I think, gets more hype. This is more a team that I believe has more talent on paper than people probably even realize and maybe doesn't capitalize on it as much as I think they should. So that's why I'm, I wanted to point out the commanders for a second. I'll let you talk. It's your team. So. Yeah, no, I, I was going to potentially mention them myself, but I figured that was coming. So, I mean, it, like, I think the, the most pertinent thing you mentioned is it's like, it's hard to just like figure out who, like who to blame. And I think there's like so much of it to go to go around. I mean, Ron Rivera is, he is a fraud. Um, I, at one point I think said was, I was okay with him moving into the front office. Once he was done, I want him as far away from this team as possible. Like I, I, Sam Howe is like you said, he's up and down, but he is like so far down the list of it problems. And then mm -hmm. like, they just, they, they put so much pressure on him. Like Ron yeah. Rivera basically today had a quote, I'm paraphrasing, like dramatically paraphrasing. But if you really listen to what he said, he's basically saying like, I don't care how bad we are. Like we have this young quarterback that we can develop and it like makes it all okay because we haven't had one basically for the last decade. So he's like, I don't care what else happens. Like we have this guy and it, and be, to your point about the enemy, it's like, when you watch how they scheme up the offense, it's like without an offensive line, they still put so much pressure on Howell to be the one making the plays. Like they don't stick to the run consistently. And like, um, you know, I still like Howell, but like, it's just way too much pressure, you know, when you're not blocking for him for a guy that's like still very much learning the position and like seeing things for the first time. Um, 
and it's oh god so much to go around jack del rio is also awful and i also wonder it's like maybe there isn't as much talent as like i in my biased opinion thought there was um no, i think there and is i think but like i mean i don't know maybe we just think like uh, and you know again being biased but maybe i just uh, there's a couple good pieces think- there but it's like i mean like Jahan dotson for example like i was so high on him coming in this year but like he's just not a guy like you know the drop like going into the his career he was a guy that didn't drop passes and like if he catches an easy pass at the end of last yesterday's game they probably win the game um and he has so many drops this year and he's not like a great separator like just like guys like that and some of the draft picks like i don't know maybe they're just not as good as we thought they were yeah i think here's the last thing i'll say so we can move forward i will say this though i think ron rivera to give him credit where credit is due did a good job with carolina back in the day i just think the nfl has changed a lot and I think in order for you to be a good coach in the modern NFL, you have to adapt. And the reality is we haven't seen any adapting. All we've seen is stick to the status quo, be a leader of men, which is great. I think you need a leader of men in the locker room. But the flip side is you also need some creativity and, and something to switch things up to to create that consistency we're looking for. We just haven't seen that from Rivera. But great dude, so I don't want to take that. Uh, like I don't want to make it seem like he hasn't had his successes. Biennemi, on the other hand, I, I, I just want to see more from him. Like, But I guess he's only had so long to be an OC with this team. So we'll see what happens, but I just wanted to bring it up. Um, I'll, I'll make you feel better with my next one, but I'll let you go next. Yeah, my favorite thing about Ron just to, to is, uh, you know, obviously everyone calls him River Road Ron, which everyone at this point knows is like, he's like just not that guy anymore. And he, he just always makes the wrong decision in those like fourth down situations. And yesterday, yeah. I think down a touchdown inside the red zone in the fourth quarter, like fourth and three, he chooses to kick the field goal which I kind of disagreed with. It was probably the right decision at the time. And then the field goal gets blocked. I was just laughing so hard. I was like, he literally always makes the wrong call, even if it was probably the right call. It just always goes against him. Um, So my next one is, uh, this is going to be the Chargers for me. So the Chargers, they don't have a good record by any means, um, but people still think they're a really good team. Um, And I, I just couldn't disagree more. And not just the Chargers, but also Justin Herbert. I think this is a team that's so much worse as a unit than it is than the individual pieces are kind of like you said with the commanders Um, and Herbert, especially he like, I think he's a, he's a really good NFL quarterback, but he's not great because he doesn't make plays when it matters the most Mm. Um, has been a consistent theme in his career. And and obviously Brandon Staley is a fraud too. So I just think I'm completely done with the chargers. Like they're not, I'm done ever believing them. They're not going to win a playoff game. They probably wouldn't even make the playoffs at this point with how, how far back their record is. Um, and I'm just not a believer. And like Herbert, I think, will never get to top five status in his career. He's always going to be in that five to ten um, status. There's just like something a little missing with him. And I like Herbert, but yeah. yeah. I think that's very fair that, you know, to bring the Chargers up, and I figured you would, and understandably so. I will say this, though. I still think Herbert is – you know, has a super bright future out of him. And I still think he will, you know, play to a Hall of Fame level, in my opinion. I think the inconsistency, I know that's a bold statement, but I watch him play the game. And I think the reality is, and I'm not, no offense to Staley, but I think with the right kind of coaching and with him not having the inconsistency that he has with injuries last year, coming back, doing whatever, I think getting a little bit more consistency will allow him to play you know, to that level, like down the road, but he's still so young, man. And he's already shown like flashes of being something special. 
The part that blows my mind a little bit more, I understand during the Chiefs game, their offense wasn't as good, but I think overall their offense has been pretty solid this season, even considering that Eckler was hurt for the majority of the season and then Mike Williams went out a few weeks ago. The part that gets me, though, is their defense because they have Joey Bosa, they have Derwin James, all these guys where I thought their defense was going to be way better now that they're healthier, and they can't seem to hold anyone down there. So that's the thing that concerns me more. I think their offense is still, like, you know, top 10 when you consider, like, the amount of points they're able to produce on a week-to-week basis, even if it's not as consistent as, like, those top five teams. So I don't want to take that away from them, but I agree with you that it's going to be a tough road. They got a shot at the playoffs, but the AFC is so weird for that second wildcard spot, so I'll leave it there. Have you seen, uh, speaking of Eckler, have you seen the uh, Josh Kelly stats in games where Eckler plays versus his stats when Eckler doesn't play? (laughs) Dude, it is hilarious. As a fantasy football owner of Kelly, I think we both had him. It's so frustrating because you start him thinking, okay, you know, he's, he gets like 100 yards when he plays with Eckler. So you think when he gets all the carries, he's going to like pop off and, you know, bust out big plays and everything like that. And then the week, like he struggles like crazy when he's gone. And then the week Eckler comes back, he pops another huge run. So it's, it's a weird dichotomy there. Yeah. Although, and it's actually an interesting point that you, you were talking about with Elliott and Pollard last year, right? Like Pollard this year has... You know, we expected his efficiency to take a hit, obviously, being yep. the sole guy, but it's taken like a massive hit, Huge way hit. more than maybe people even expected. So, and there's another example of that. I'm trying to think of it. It's, uh, it's escaping me, but, you know, sometimes guys need that those that three yards to carry guy to, you know, open up the holes for him, which is 100%. kind of a different situation with the Chargers, but I don't know, maybe. 100%. Maybe some too. But what's your second one? Okay. I, both of these will be fun for you, but I'll just pick one of them. I was going to say Daniel Jones at first, but then I was like, that feels too obvious given how well Tyrod is not that Tyrod's been amazing, but he's led the team to two games where they've won one and almost beat the bills in the other one. So I was going to do that one, but then I was like, that's a little boring. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys um, just because I've been all NFC East this segment, but I'm going to go Cowboys just because I have determined that this team with their current organization and with the current um, maybe leaders that they have will never win anything of significance ever. And this has been the case for the last decade. And you think every year, okay, you come out week one, week two, they get you excited. They get a couple big wins. Then they just do something where it's like, how, like, how are you capable of not succeeding with the players that you have? It makes no, like we're talking about the commanders. Like you're like the amount of assets you've invested in. You got one of the greatest defense players in the NFL, Michael Parsons. You have a wide receiver in, in uh, C.D. Lamb. You got Tony Pollard. You got Brandon Cooks. You got even Gallup as a third. Like, you got all of these guys that are capable of, you know, being amazing. Their defense looks better than they have in years. And somehow they still can't beat, you know, the teams that they're supposed to beat. And that's – or at least, like, in the big games, similar to the Chargers. I think that's a fair comparison. So I am 100% in belief that the Cowboys will never win anything of significance the same way – the Vikings are the same way these other teams are, even though I try to give them a shot every year and I'm just out, like I'm, I'm out on it. Like they, they just can't do it. And and I hope something changes in the next couple of years, but I don't know how that's going to, because I, I just don't see, they're going to do the same thing. It feels like for the next multiple years, because they're not going to move on from Dak. And I, I don't even know if Dak is fully the problem. They're not going to know how to coach one thing versus the other. I don't know why their solution was letting Callum Moore go and then letting Mike McCarthy call the plays as if he's some offensive mastermind. I just don't get it. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Welcome to the bandwagon, my friend. Has oh, been, I've been, uh... kind of been on it. I just think, you know, you're a Commander's fan, so it's, it's <laughs> more profound. It, it comes more naturally. But uh, 
Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I do think Dak is a big part of that. He's just like, you know, he's a good, he, he would be better as a game manager. Um, yeah. And the, they actually have, do have a ton of pieces around him. So theoretically it could work, but yeah, he's just not that guy. Um, all right. This is where I think I'm going to start to pivot to some college football. Okay. Um, so Caleb Williams. I knew that was coming, dude. Um, for those that didn't see, I know Sai has seen based on his reaction, but so apparently Caleb Williams was is allegedly like wants to be a part owner of the team he's drafted to is what he's asking for. And obviously he holds a lot of leverage here with NIL. Now he could go back to college another year, still be making just as much money, get to live in LA some more and be able to kind of pick his destination um, from a draft standpoint. Um, that is like one of the most insane things I've ever heard. Like, who do you think you are that you haven't even played it down in the NFL and you think you can be a part owner of a team? I mean, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even let Aaron Rodgers do that. And Aaron Rodgers obviously has had this historical career. So my, this is just me kind of trying to slip in a take. If I was drafting in, in next year's draft and I'm including Shador in this, even though Shador probably goes back another year, I would take three quarterbacks over Caleb. Now, if I was number one, I wouldn't like stay at one and pick one of the other guys. Obviously I would trade back. Trade. There's, I, I have no question that Caleb Williams is way more talented than all these guys, or at least, you know, at the top of that list. But as I said before, my like to be an NFL quarterback and to be successful, you have to be the hardest working guy in the room on your team, and you have to be the most well-liked guy on your team. Otherwise, you're screwed. You have no chance. The guys aren't going to block for you. They're not going to run. Yeah, and you got to earn their respect immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, And this dude is like, I I just can't. He's got a bigger ego than I think I've ever seen. Like, even in last year's games where he was doing the Heisman pose, I think against Notre Dame before it even won it. Um, Similar stuff this year. And even on the field, he's not a real big game player. Like, Utah's had his number through his entire career. He can't beat them. Obviously, their bigger problems are on defense. But, like, he hasn't really, like, won very many big games, um, mm-hmm. despite how flashy he's played. So, I'm taking Drake May over him. I'm taking Michael Penix over him. And, again, I don't think Shador is coming out this year. But if he did, I'm taking Shador over him. Yeah, so. I'm not even going to argue that. Because, ultimately, like, I'm, gonna ar- I'm not going to argue it in the sense of, like, why you're frustrated with them or why you think that – he is, you know, that's an absurd ask. I, he is supremely talented. It would not surprise me if he goes to the NFL and becomes a Hall of Fame caliber player. That would not be surprising, especially in the modern NFL. However, no matter how good you are, um, you, it's like you said, like earn your respect, man. Like get your get your dues because every other player to ever be successful in the NFL has. So I don't know what makes you special. I appreciate the fact that maybe you're trying to carve a new path. However. Even Michael Jordan, who ended up being the greatest basketball player of all time, did it on a sneaker deal. He didn't do it on a team ownership while he was still playing. And I think that's totally unfair to or an unreasonable request to ask. Also, I just want to say Drake May is that dude. And it wouldn't be crazy if Drake May ended up being better in the NFL. Like he doesn't like I think because of Caleb Williams, he maybe doesn't get as much hype as he probably deserves. But I think if Caleb Williams wasn't around, um, especially if he was playing on a team other than UNC, you'd be hearing about Drake May at like almost on that like, I don't know, like Lawrence level, like not quite there, but like almost there. That's how good he is. So I'll just say that. Um, yeah, Drake. Michael Penix is really good too. He's a, lefty. Good. he's a lefty, so he's got the lefty problems, but he's really good too. There's a lot of good quarterbacks this year. But, uh, yeah. You got another one or are you good? No, I'm, I mean, I just, I'll just say this. USC and UT Austin are the same 
thing. Overhyped, extreme money schools that can't win the big game. It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. So my other quick one that doesn't need explanation is uh, is Michigan. After this latest report that they've been, which is an, an interesting rule that you can't like watch your opponents in person to scout them, but I guess it makes sense from a signal perspective. But um, it's just wild that now everyone's digging up stats about how uh, like their record in bowl games because you don't have that extra prep time because you don't know who you're going to play. And like, and like TCU, for example, they got, you know, they got thumped by TCU who then went on to lose to like 50 to Georgia. Right. So if they don't got that prep time, they can't, you know, they didn't know they were playing TCU. Couldn't scout them. I mean, this is a wild story. Have you not seen it? No. So basically there's a Michigan staffer that, and so there's a, a rule, which I didn't know is you can't, like send people in person to watch your opponents play. Yeah. Um, so you can't scout them because like you would be able to watch like their hand signals and like, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of stuff from the sideline. So Mich- a Michigan staffer for the last like three years or so has been going to like every single one of their opponents' games and essentially scouting them and they, they caught him. And uh, he had the best part that I laughed is that he had two separate tickets for this past weekend's Penn State Ohio State game because they're going to play both of them. So yeah. he had one on the Penn State side and one on the Ohio State side. And the story had come out by this point, so I'm assuming he didn't end up actually going because he was already in trouble. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, so they've like this is like I mean maybe not death penalty level, but this is like I mean huge scandal. Huge scandal. Oh, I didn't even see it. Wow, that's you, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just broken the last couple of days, but it's like a mega story right How now. How did they lose the TCU last year? That is such a good point, Evan. How yeah. do you do that and you still – oh, my gosh, never mind. I, man, college football, dude, like like this year is such a bummer because it's like prior years you could at least name a few teams that are like clearly like amazing top dogs. You got like not even really one this year. Like nobody is like – because Michigan a lot of people were talking about as being the team that – you know, outside of Georgia might be, might be that team because a lot of the other ones lost. So I, I don't even know what to say at this point. That's crazy. And now, and now they won't be able to play a bowl game. Um, I mean, oh, I would have to think, I, they haven't said what the penalty is going to be, but there's like, I mean, there's no way at this point, like they're going to get hit with something huge. Um, maybe like a multi-year season. Thing. Oops. Yep. We got a, we got a router I'm down. Guessing, um, I'm guessing Harbaugh is going to be in the NFL sooner rather than later. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Well, you can time out when they started this to when it was like, oh, is Harbaugh going to go to the NFL? Like, he hasn't done that well at Michigan. And then, like, all of a sudden, he turned it around. So yep. there's a yeah. lot of interesting, interesting, interesting little things. And when you, I mean, when you think about it, if you know what the, de- like, if you know their hand signals, like, you know what defense they're in. Oh, which 100%, is, yeah. And on offense, like, it's, you know, you basically no, know the like, place. There's so. some, like, Patriots level stuff out here. Right, yeah. Spygate stuff out um, here. So that's a wild one. But yeah, I think I'm good. Should we do some recaps? Yeah, let's do, let's do uh let's do recaps. But yeah, that's wild. I can't believe I didn't hear about that yet. Yeah, you also look into it. It's uh, it is crazy stuff. Um, Can we get a quick uh, MLB update while you're uh, while you're on your phone, by the way. E? Yeah. Uh, oh. So the D-backs closed it out. Game okay. seven tomorrow. How about this? Three runs off Christian Javier in the first inning for Texas. No way. Seager homer. And then Garcia single, Garver single. That's Dude. wild. And he, they wild. already they already knocked him out. Javier's Tom. already out. Wait, who's Houston throwing at then? That's that's they put him still. 
Yeah, they put in Phil Maton, but it'll be just a bullpen game. They're empty oh, the bat no, here in Game Seven. That's Especially, wild. And Abreu's not pitching, right? No, he can pitch. Oh, he can. Okay, still appeal. Yeah. Okay, that's wild. Quick Max MLB has update for. Uh, sorry, I was just gonna say quick MLB update for MDSers because ALCS and LCS, and you got the two baseball guys today, so can't can't go wrong talking a little baseball. But this whole playoffs has been so boring. And now we got the NLCS and ALCS, and they both are going seven. Like that's that's the dream right there. So yeah, it got really good. You got to shout out the Diamondbacks forcing this to seven, man. They've um, just a scrappy bunch. Never gave hey, up. Man, this, is, this is what I'm saying. Their manager knows what they're doing. Normally, I would have been more critical of a manager doing what he did with Merrill Kelly, even though Kelly was pissed. However, I trust this manager with everything I got because they got a, they got a, he got a scrappy team in Game Seven, and they you know people picked them to lose every series up until now. Yeah, I'm more worried about tomorrow, but I'm looking at pitch counts. It looks like Thompson only needed 15 pitches, but like if Thompson had come out and needed to throw like 25, 30 pitches, like he's not going to be yep. as effective tomorrow. And I get like you have to win today before you win tomorrow, but like yep. uh, this game doesn't matter if you lose tomorrow. So it's like yep. you got to win them both and you got to plan sure. accordingly. But let's see what happens tomorrow. Luckily, it, uh, it worked out. None of the relievers needed many pitches, so everyone should be full go tomorrow. But uh, wow, no the Rangers. Sorry, Gordy. No, I was going to say, that Rangers game, it's going to be a high-scoring game seven here, though. I do not trust Max yeah. as far as I can throw him right now. He just looks completely washed coming off this injury. So, <laughs> Well, as a Mets fan, watching Verlander and Max Scherzer pitch in the uh, pitch in a CS, I was really hoping that it would be a different CS with a different team. And, of course, they're both pitching, whether they should be or not. Verlander definitely deserves to. But And, and no offense to Scherzer, but I, I, it, it's, it's crazy to me that I could have never predicted this. Yeah, I saw a meme like 10 minutes before we jumped on the pod. I was going to send you, and it was like one of those same kind of thing. Like if, if I told you before the season that Max Scherzer would be pitching in a Game 7 LCS game, like Mets fans would be so hyped. And then it's like, but for the Rangers. Like they just could not have predicted, uh, could not have predicted that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, Rangers-Phillies would be so good. And I'm, I'm just, I mean, the Astros-Phillies would be so good too. But but the Diamondbacks? I, mean, Diamondbacks I, want the Diamond, I want the Diamondbacks to win it all. I, that is the team I'm rooting for. You, that is an underdog right. scrappy story that you never see in the MLB nowadays. So uh, let's get it. Can't blame you. Can't blame you. Anyways, we'll pivot back to the NFL. Um, let's see. Jaguar, just going back to Thursday. The Jaguars, for me, are starting to look like the uh, second best team in the AFC. Slowly but surely, they're coming along. It, dude. They look darn good right now. And a lot, of, a lot of the other contenders in there don't look as good. So for me, they're behind the Chiefs right now. But. As an AFC South guy, you know, who shouldn't be usually giving other teams the AFC South credit because obviously I should be more biased. I've been saying since the get-go, like, I don't know why people are already out on the Jaguars. They might have started off slow, but I even said when they played the Bills, like, abroad, like, this team is still very good. They're just figuring out a couple of wrinkles. And even with guys like Calvin Ridley not playing that well and Trevor Lawrence playing hurt, they haven't even reached their potential yet. That's the point I'm trying to make here. Like, they're winning these games – definitively and Trevor Lawrence has not been like popping the top off teams or anything like that. And Calvin Ridley has like been good for like two games and they're still managing to win week in and week out a testament to their defense and a testament to guys like Kirk and Evan Ingram who are, you know, making big plays beyond that. And Travis Etienne has been unbelievable. So I, I mean, and their old line has been good. Like that team is good. I'm with you. I, I, I can't even fight that. They're probably the second best team in the AFC. However, we got some guys catching up. Um, if we're not going to go in order, 
I do want to. I don't even think we need to go in order. I think we should just pick a couple that we like. I want to. I want to throw out the the Ravens to you though, Ev. I think we both gave the Lions a little too much credit, and then the Ravens. You know, I was in on the Ravens early season with Lamar, but then I looked at the Lions and I was like, oh, you're right. The Lions don't get enough love, and I like it came back to bite me in the ass. I should have stuck to my guns because that was that was that first game where you're like, oh wow, this is how good they can be if they if they play to their potential. Yeah, the game plan for the Lions defensively was weird. Like, they were so off the receivers early and then just uh, less schematically, but, like, they just could not corral Lamar. So, um, yeah, Lamar, you know, making making more uh, more space with his feet and then the receivers were able to get open after that. And they, whoo, whoo. Yeah, they looked amazing. And Jared Goff on the road saw these uh, these splits before the uh, just before the game. But uh, Goff is not as good on the road outside of a dome and really warm weather. That's a that's a thing. So, but yeah, kind of bummed in the uh, Lions' performance. But the Ravens, the Ravens do look good after that one. The defense is really good. The defense is yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, this might be more about the defense than the offense. I think we always saw the potential of something like that offensive, you know, game plan. But that defense, crazy dude, crazy. Yep. Um. Do you want to talk about your Colts game? That game was nuts. I mean, you know I'm always down. If you're going to throw it up for me. That literally, I think, was the best game of the weekend. Like, Which is funny because who would have thought that a backup quarterback matchup, you know, after quarter one, uh, the uh, I was going to say Bills, the Browns also went to their backups too, or backup quarterback as well. And it turned into one of the most epic defensive games I've seen in a long time. Like both defense were just, were just eating. And I want to give a huge shout-out to Miles Garrett because even though I want to talk about my Colts, like – Miles Garrett is the best defense player in the NFL right now, and nobody's going to convince me otherwise. In the first half, the man had two strip sacks, one that led to a touchdown. He had a knockdown pass, and he had, I think, like a safety or something like that. Like the guy in a half did more than some defenders do in an entire season, and it's actually stupid how good he is. But I will say this. It's really frustrating and unfortunate that after such an amazing game and after Minshew admittedly played amazing, even though our – Offensive line let him down a couple times there. Um, I'm super frustrated that the game ended on one of the wackest calls I've seen in a while at the end of a regular season game with the whole PI on a ball that literally was overthrown by like 20 yards to the receiver and also with the receiver pushing just as much the corner was. You can't give someone like you can't let the refs determine the game in that moment. You got to let the defense play. And we still almost stopped them. So kind of felt like we got screwed at the end there because we really had a shot to win that game. And it would have meant a lot for our team and for our players. Um, so that's a real bummer. But overall, like just a huge shout out to both of the teams because they played super scrappy for two teams that are obviously down players. We lost Juju Brents, which is arguably the reason we lost that game because the second guy that we put in is the guy that got exposed at the at the end there. And no offense to him, he's a rookie. I, I get it, but that that's what that's what got us on those last two plays. So great game though, dude. I had so much fun watching that, um, even though I went in without high expectations. Yeah, that game was nuts, and yeah, Miles Garrett been in his in his bag this year. He's been he's been out of control. Um, the Bills lose to the Patriots. Um, the Bills. I mean, I guess the defense, like allowing twenty nine points to Mac Jones and the Patriots. Like, what are we doing here? I know they they really beat up a lot of injuries, but uh, the defense is pathetic. You know, I mean, Josh Allen, like another you know very mid performance. Um, pretty much an and like the. I'm done with this whole like Bill Belichick narrative. All right. The Patriots have looked like just a horrendous, like hapless team this year. Yep. So for the Bills to lose, this is 
nothing short of pathetic. And they like barely look like a playoff team at this point coming off a game against the giants that they should have lost as well. Um, like they need, they need to fix something. I don't know what it is. I guess a lot, you know, mainly the issues are on defense, but like Josh Allen hasn't played too well this year. Um, it's, it's amazing that more teams don't implement the scheme that Bill Belichick has for his entire career of just taking away the other team's best receiver. I don't know why more people don't do that because even though Stephon Diggs wasn't like awful, he basically was like non-existent for almost half the game because they just doubled or tripled them the entire game. And against a team like the Bills, you can afford to do that. So I don't know why more people don't do that. Yep. Yep. Got another game or another? Uh... Yeah, I just want to give a couple shout-outs to a couple players like like rapid fire. First of all, I said a week ago when we were in Jacksonville, me, you, and Zach, and Brian were talking about running backs. And I said Saquon Barkley is by far and away – Top five running back. And this week proved exactly what I'm talking about. This man gets no help, no offensive line, no quarterback play, no receiver play. Finally, he gets tight end play. He doesn't get great. He got good defense play this year, but he hasn't most of his career. And some way, somehow, he manages to score points like and, and make plays out of nothing in a way that most people in the NFL, I'd say 95% of running backs in the NFL, could not do. So Saquon Barkley deserves so much credit because I don't know how a running back operates an offense like that and manages to be productive. He's been able to do it every time he's been healthy. So I want to give him a shout out. Saquon Barkley, a dog. Other shout out. I already talked about Miles Garrett. So my other shout out is happy national tight ends day. Travis Kelsey, you are the goat. period. No, if fans are bust, Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end of all time. Nobody's going to convince me otherwise. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of the uh, Taylor Swift, Brittany Mahomes, uh, handshake and chest bump though. <laughs> <laughs> I almost uh-huh. made one of my uh, my overrated segments to start off the uh, to start off our segment NFL relationships, but I didn't want to lose the very few fan base we already have, so I, yeah. I let it go. Hey, I'm here for it, but uh, she, I mean, I'm surprised to see her at this one too. I mean, geez, she's there every week now, pretty much. Serious out here, man. You never yeah, know. They must be. They must be. He just bought a new house, you know, to give him some more privacy, which you know, I'm sure. I might have to go check works, out but... the Era Tour, Eras Tour movie too. By the way, while we're we're on the subject, Dude. my cousin's been hyping it to me. My cousin Isha, I'm gonna give her a shout out. She told me, "Let's go." I might be going to the Eras Tour movie in the next like month because it's sold out for like the next month. Yeah. it's crazy, dude. So I'm definitely, I definitely would be down to see it, but I've seen some videos of like, you know, the Swifties like taking over the theaters and like turning it into a big time sing along and like dancing up in front of the monitor. I don't know if that's a consistent trend. I assume that was maybe just a couple theaters here and there, like the first weekend. But uh, if that's the case, I think I would have to leave, to be honest with you. I don't know if what I can What do you mean, that. man? That's the beauty of it, dude. You're, you're supposed oh, no. to have this time. Wow, I'm but singing, I'm gonna be up there singing "Speak Now" myself, dude. We gotta oh, shout out our OGs. Oh, real well, quick though, I'm gonna tag him in this later. I wanna give a shout out to Alex Wynn because every time someone talks to me about the Eras Tour, back in our Stonebridge days, we used to uh, ride. Me and Alex used to drive together to the uh, national or not national state championship games where we go play Phoebus, which inevitably we did for multiple years. And Alex we used to always drive. And back then was when Taylor Swift's original albums were popping off. And him and I. And his poor sister who had to sit in the back seat and listen to me and Alex sing terribly would jam out to speak now and fearless the entire ride over there. So that is my fondest memory of Taylor Swift and, and the Aerostore. So shout out to Alex Wynn, man. That, I keep telling my uh, family, friends, and family about that. So, yep, shout out to Alex Wynn. Good shout out. Um, while we're doing quick hit shout outs, I'll do a couple teams. 
I've been saying it's the Falcons, and we don't have Zach here, which is a bummer, but the Falcons are a genuinely decent football team when they get at least average quarterback play. I'd kind of like to see them go to Heineke, but Ritter has, you know, he played a little better this week, I think. I, I can't uh, can't lie and say I watched this game that closely, but the stats look okay. Um, How can you give a team that's coached by Arthur Smith a shout-out? I just don't get that. <laughs> yeah, I, this whole Bijan scenario this week had – um had people in a, a world of confusion for the first 90 minutes but i guess he had some headaches or whatever but that would have been good to know um but um but hey they're still you know first place in their division solid record and then the other one is the steelers i don't have zach for this either but it's not pretty it's never going to be pretty but the steelers are a genuinely good football team and if the season ended today i would put them as one of my top seven teams in the afc um Whoa. i'm not I'm not a big fan of the Rams, as you know. I think they're somewhat fraudulent, um, but to go on the road and beat them was a solid win. Um, again, it's never going to look pretty, but the Steelers are genuinely good, and I think they're going to make the playoffs, a as quick I note said, before the year. Quick note on that. I'll give you guys credit where credit's due because they have been far better than they were early in the season. Still don't know if I'm fully sold on them, but I will say this. The, bigger lo- the biggest loser of this weekend was a team that didn't even play, and that was the Cincinnati Bengals because somehow the entire, the entire division, the North, or not North, the entire division won – this week, which was wild. But anyway, keep going. That's a good mention. Good mention. Uh, I think um, we kind of talked about the Chiefs. Like, I think right now in the AFC, it's like, you know, it's it's Chiefs and then everyone else. It's not even close at this point. Um, that's where I'm at with them. Yeah, it's kind of been my take on them for literally ever. <laughs> yeah. And then the Eagles. The Eagles are, uh, you know, a huge win Big for one. them. Big one. People, people were starting to doubt them a little bit. Um, Last so. week, yeah. Yeah, but uh, we'll see what happens from there. But I think I'm good. We'll do picks. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, all right. Go ahead. Uh, all right, going into picks. We don't have data because um, we didn't do formal boards since we didn't have an episode last week. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing we don't. <laughs> yeah, that we uh, just a, a disaster of a week from a yeah. pick standpoint. Um, as it goes sometimes, you know, that's how it goes. So we jump back on the horse this week. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Start off on Thursday night football. We got the Bucks going to the Bills. It is Bills minus eight and a half. Um, I'll start us off. I'll say the Bills win, but don't cover. You said Bills minus eight and a half. I'm yep. going to give the Bills a bounce back cover week. I think they'll cover that one. All right. Um, next up, we'll do Eagles at Commanders. Um, <laughs> Philly minus six and a half on the road. We'll go to you. I'm actually going to go uh, win no cover. I think the commanders are going to do what they do every week and just be weird this week and make it close. Yeah, they played well against the Eagles last time. I was all excited to pick them to win this game, but that seems a little ridiculous. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say the Eagles win, but don't cover as well. Um, next game, Patriots at Dolphins um, in Miami. Miami is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll say Dolphins winning cover. Flip the script from this uh, past yeah, week. Win, win cover. Your whole heat on the uh, road team thing seems to be a real thing. So, yep, win and cover. Uh, next game, oh, the the two uh, the New Jersey teams, as it were, the Jets at the Giants. Ooh. Um, Jets are three-point favorites, which is uh, interesting since it's this you know neutral site, basically. So um, let's go to you. I want to take the Jets to win. I guess might as well say cover just because it's three points. Um, I'll, you know what? I'll go Jets. Uh, no cover, because why am I going to pick the Jets to cover? Yeah, I'll say Jets winning cover on the chance that Daniel Jones is the starter this week. 
Um, my other take is that uh, the Jets would be blowing the AFC East team, or not blowing them out because the Dolphins have a super easy schedule. But I think the Jets, if they had Aaron Rodgers, would be the clear best team in that division. Yo, I was I said that early this year. I literally said if Aaron Rodgers was playing, that that would that you know that was my pick. So it, it wouldn't show it on the, it wouldn't show it on the records because the Dolphins have such an easy yeah, schedule, which isn't going to change. But. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I meant I test. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, next game, Jaguars at Steelers. Ooh, this is fun. Um, Jaguars are two and a half point favorites on the road. I'll say, hmm, that's too few points to not say Jags winning cover. So yeah, I was going to say it's probably more fun for you than me because I definitely got the Jaguars winning and covering. Yep. Uh, next game, Falcons at Titans. Um, Falcons are a two-point favorite on the road. Um, let's start with you. I hear some trade buzz about Derrick Henry. I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but I'll go I'll go Falcons. Oh, man, I don't want to pick either of these teams. I'll go Falcons winning cover. I'll say Titans oh, money line. Falcons are way better at home. Uh, Titans sure, coming point. off a bye. Um, uh, next game, Texans at Panthers. Uh, Texans are a three-point favorite on the road. This is tempting. One versus two. This is number tempting. one pick versus number two pick. That's true. Um, screw it. Carolina gets their first win. Oh, I kind of like that. E coming off a bye. I'm rolling with you. Bryce Young about to show that uh, they picked the right guy. Number one, number one pick's gonna win this one. Love it. Um, next game is sorry, I lost my list. Uh, no. Rams at Cowboys. Cowboys are at home, coming off a bye, favored by six and a half. Um, start us off. You said Cowboys are favored six and a half. Yep. Yeah, give me the Rams covering, but Cowboys winning. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll ride with you there. Cowboys win, but don't cover. Um, give them a close game. Uh, next game, Vikings at Packers. Um, Green Bay is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Short week for Minnesota. Ah, I'll say Minnesota wins. Man, I don't want to pick either of these teams right now. Um, I'm going to go Packers win and cover. Yeah. Packers are pretty bad, but short week for Minnesota. Um, Minnesota also isn't good, though, with Justin Jefferson out. That is true. That is true. Next game, Saints at Colts. Um, Colts are a one-point favorite at home. Um, hmm. I feel like these are kind of similar teams. Agreed. Let's say the Colts win and cover it. Yeah, I'm, for my consistency's sake, I'm going to go Colts win and cover um, next game, uh, Browns at Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks are a three-point favorite at home. Uh, you can start us off here. You said three now favorite at home for the Seahawks. Just three, but yeah. Wow, that's gonna that's a tough one because that's about exactly what the line I would pick would be there. Um, I don't know if DK is playing because that makes a huge difference. Um, I'll go. I'll go Seahawks win. I want to pick even line. I'll go Seahawks win and cover, though. Yeah, I got Seahawks winning cover. Uh, tough place to play. Um, uh, and uh, I guess we don't know who's going to be at quarterback, but PJ looks a lot better. 
Um, next game, Baltimore at Arizona. Baltimore is an eight and a half point favorite. Um, on the road, I will say Baltimore is so inconsistent. They don't play very well on the road, to be honest. But uh, the the Cardinals are coming back to a form that we thought they would be in going into the year. So I'll say Baltimore wins and covers. What's the what's the spread again? Eight and a half. Yeah, Baltimore winning cover. I'm not going to overthink that one. Yeah, Kyler coming back in maybe week 10. It's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, should be interesting. Um, next game, Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs are a, an eight-point favorite on the road in Denver. Um, start us off. This one screwed us last time because we picked the Chiefs to cover. However, I'm not going to let that stop me from something that it should happen. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win and cover again. Yeah, Broncos cover, division game. Um, I'm not going to make the same mistake well, twice, although that, that means I will make yep. a different mistake twice probably. This means the Chiefs um, are going to win by 20, yep. <laughs> next game, Cincinnati at San Francisco. Um, San Francisco is a five-and-a-half point favorite at home. Tough game. Tough, tough game. Short week for San Francisco. Debo will probably still be out, right? But McCaffrey yep. played tonight. So, whoo, Cincinnati coming off a bye. Nah, I can't do it. Uh, San Francisco wins but doesn't cover. What's the spread again? Five and a half. Oh, man, yeah. I'm going to go San Francisco win no cover as well. That's a tough one to predict. Yeah. Um, next game, Sunday night football. Um Bears at Chargers. Oh my gosh! Uh, it'll be it'll be Teabag again. Um, shout out uh, just because I can't say his name, yeah, great his name. last name. So um, shout out him. Uh, Chargers are eight and a half point favorites at home. Um, I'll I'll take the Bears to cover. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm sorry, I missed that. What did you say that the line was again? Chargers minus eight and a half. Jeez, that's a big line, dude. Yeah, I'll go Chargers win, but I'm gonna go Bears cover. That seems like that seems a little absurd to me right now. Yeah. Um, and then Monday Night Football is another not so good game. We got the Raiders at the Lions. Um, Detroit is an eight point favorite at home. Go ahead. I'm just glad I get to go back to back weeks without having to watch the Cowboys prime time. So I'm just happy about that. So with that being said. I will pick. Uh, I'll pick them. To co- I'm going to pick Detroit to cover. I think they'll bounce back. Yeah, especially if Hoyer is the quarterback again. That did not look good. No, uh, not so I'll take Detroit win and cover at home. But uh, all right, those are the picks. We'll see what happens. Any last words? No, sir. That's about it. I just want to say uh, to our fantasy football enthusiasts, uh, almost halfway through that fan, right about halfway through that fantasy season. So really excited to get some takes on. Uh, if you want to comment down below and give us a little takes on guys that you weren't expecting to pop off the way they are, that would be really fun for me because I've been talking about that a lot, a lot with uh, fellow league mates of mine. So I'd like to, I'd like to see a little bit of a uh, little bit of banter about that. Love it. We have a segment in the works potentially, but uh, we do very good. I guess that's it. Hope everyone uh, enjoys Week Eight coming up as we were kind of right in the uh, the thick of the season here but uh yeah thanks everyone for watching as always or listening on spotify that was monday's down south